Keep going. Yeah. So this is not WBRS 100.1 FM Waltham you're listening to, but uh, you are listening to episode one of Corona Cast. Oh, I, <laughs> I like am, that. I am the Wild Thing, Mike Wild, along with the Kosher Cowboy Adam Rosen, Ian Pickles Gus, and Mike Mandel, ladies and gentlemen. So um, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting week or few weeks in sports um, with. No sports going on, but we had some news today about baseball, which we'll fill you in about. Also, there's some news about the NBA, and we have a few other surprises along the way. So welcome to this first inaugural episode of CoronaCast, and the title of this podcast will change, but for now, this is a placeholder. And what a great um, time to start a sports podcast when there's no sports, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I thought it was the perfect time because we're all just sitting in the house. So what else are you going to do? I mean, there's other things, but uh, starting a podcast was a logical, a logical next step for me at least. But um, Adam, Adam, how have you been in uh, Westchester? I'm good. Yeah. You know, I, I've, uh, I've kind of been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time and I've never gotten around to it. And I guess this is almost like a good excuse to finally do it. So very excited to be here and uh, talk sports uh, like the old days on the on the on the radio. We're not the radio, I guess, but uh, on a platform other than in person. Yeah, and and Mike Mandel in Philadelphia or live from Pennsylvania near Philadelphia. Uh, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, as good as any of us can be. You know, I'm thankful to still be employed and whatnot. But just like all you guys, I'm missing sports like crazy. So I'm really happy to be here. I know this is my first rodeo with this, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Nice. And then uh, Mr. Gus, live from Long Island City. Yep. Ian, you there? I am. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, what, 10 years since we last did one of these, more or less. Um, so yeah, lots of good memories back in the Brandeis days. And uh, while we're starting tonight talking about all these scenarios of how and when sports can return, hopefully, you know, sooner rather than later, we'll just be back into analyzing the games and everything on the field. Yeah, and uh, segueing into the games being back on the field, I, I want to start off tonight with baseball's proposed plan to uh, to play all their games potentially in Arizona. And um, this was released on ESPN.com. That's where I first saw it yesterday. Um, Jeff Passan reported it, and he said that, in, in short, that even though there's a number of stumbling blocks potentially um, a plan has emerged that um, basically all 30 teams would play at stadiums with no fans in the Phoenix area. And I guess the primetime games would be at Chase Field. Um, and then there's 10 spring training facilities they're talking about being used and maybe other fields. And then the interesting thing is that they had talked to doctors about this and they said that they're not so concerned about the players, but a lot of the umpires and coaches are over 60 or in potentially vulnerable uh, groups, and how the health officials would deal with one of the players getting coronavirus if 
they would have to quarantine the whole team or how that would work. But they're saying once testing becomes more widespread, they're thinking that they could isolate that player. So do you guys think that this is, there's two questions I have and Adam, you can start. Um, one is, do you think this is a feasible plan? And, and two, um, when do you think this is going to get going realistically? Well, Mike, I, I do not think this is realistic. I think, uh, I look, I, I would like to see baseball back more than anybody, but there's too much risk involved. There's too many uh, contingencies that, that need to work out. Um, you know, if one guy gets the coronavirus, one player gets the coronavirus, what, what do you do from there? Do, you know, d- does the player just sit out? Do, does the team stop playing? I, there, there's too much risk involved. I don't see how you can allow it until we figured out what the hell is going on here. Um, it's too early. The talks of, of, of this happening in mid-May, there's, there's just no way. There's too many logistics to work out. Mm-hmm. And Mike, uh, Mike, do you agree with Adam that this isn't really a realistic possibility? At least not at this time. In, in fact, to Adam's point, I, I'd heard that people are already saying that you know, mid-June looked like a more likely starting point. And I think it's, you know, given the circumstances, it's a fairly equitable plan. It's obviously not going to be entirely even. I mean, teams that are located in or near Arizona are going to have the biggest advantage because they won't have to travel away from their homes for several weeks at a time. So, I mean, you could say it'd be advantageous to the D-backs and some of the other teams out there. But, I mean, I I could kind of see why they want to have it out there. A, the amount of spring training facilities that are there can all be used as fields. And B, if people say that coronavirus is less effective in hot weather and, and it's going to be over 100 degrees by that time in Arizona. So, you know, I, I think it's the safest thing they could do. But I, I think to Adam's point, it, unless we can totally guarantee that all the players, all the umps, all the coaches are safe, then it's not realistic to move forward with this, even without the, the fans. But I think yeah, the weather okay, is so... the weather's a good oh, point Ian, that go you ahead. bring up because that's, you know, kind of a negative factor of how in Arizona. I mean, people can't be playing baseball in 110 degree weather outside. That's why Chase Field has a dome. So that's going to be kind of a side effect if they do go that route. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys. I, I don't know, though, like if you read MLB's statement after the article came out, like they kind of put, you know, cold water on it. Um, like, like this is actually going to happen. It's more of like, seemingly one of many ideas that they're floating maybe in a best case scenario uh mm-hmm. and it just doesn't seem feasible and you know i know we're going to talk about other sports plans it seems like generally sports are just trying to have this you know go to one location and kind of quarantine everyone idea but it's it just i don't know how it's going to work i mean there's just too many you know ancillary people involved the cameramen the you know, the coaches, the, do you have the families there? Do you, you know, the, the cooks who's serving them food? Like there's just too many people involved that it don't, yes, it, it helps. Like you're driving 30, 40 minutes in Arizona instead of flying across the country, but you still have a lot of the same issues that you'd have if you played kind of a regular, you know, season. And how do you, how do you justify shutting down virtually every business and every, every travel right, it's a bad luck. out there yeah. and then allowing major league baseball to play? Well, I want to jump in, and I, you guys all poured cold water over this. I, oh, yeah, I was excited. And when should we? When should I, we put on our calendars? Opening day yeah. starting this year. <laughs> so what? What I thought from reading the article, I think to answer Adam's point that he just made, you can justify this by this is something that's entertainment, and 
the public needs something to watch that's right not, now. That's not a justification. Can, it's, it's not necessarily a justification, but if you can do this safely, I think it is justified if you can ensure the safety of everyone involved. Because if you think about it, if you quarantine all these teams or they, they're put in hotels and then they come out and play, assuming there's, I'm assuming right now that there's going to be enough tests or they have a rigorous a testing program where I know it's a big assumption, but being optimistic and wanting there to be baseball or any live sports at some point in the summer, I think May is early, but I, I think by June or 4th of July, you could realistically get something going in Arizona where you have teams staying at hotels and you can ensure that they're separated enough where their safety is not compromised and the health of each team, once you have enough tests, can be monitored so that you would pretty much have a sense of if anyone was sick or if if a particular player needed to be isolated. So I think the key is testing, and if they can get testing up to speed, I think America would really enjoy watching something that is but there are other there story. are other forms of entertainment where you can guarantee safety there's netflix there's well, yeah. podcasts i i just <laughs> i don't think that uh, you know america needing a distraction is enough of a reason um again there's too much risk if one player if one star player even um gets gets the virus the the whole plan is is ruined you just you, you can't um you, you can't go forward with so much uncertainty I'd love right. to see it happen. I think it would be unique. I think obviously we'd all love the distraction, but um, there's just there's too much risk. Ian, you're in marketing, and I, I want to ask you this to what Adam said just now. That do you think the, the leagues are losing so much revenue from not having a season? They're they're not getting those advertising dollars. That do you think well, money is a factor? Well, of course, money is a factor. But talking about, I mean, Adam can talk to them. So the PR yeah. perspective of, you know, look at what happened with the NBA when um, you had full teams getting tested, right? Just, just to ensure that, you know, they didn't have the virus the way Gobert and a few other players did. And there was a lot of blowback from politicians saying, why are they getting tested? They're asymptomatic. So you have to be very careful about, you know, I think Adam's point is fair. And I understand, Mike, what you're saying, too. Like, yes, when there's enough testing, that's going to be the answer to all this. But I don't see that happening in a month or even two months. Like, I think we're further out, unfortunately, you know, from when that happens. And, of course, money is an issue. I mean, look at, you know, half the story is the players, you know, they've been negotiating about what their salaries are going to look like, partial season, you know, arbitration, are they getting service time? Like, all those issues are at the forefront and of course you know the owners are going to be losing all the the revenue not having fans but i think it's a matter of you know making the best of a bad situation and that's not unique to baseball i mean but baseball is a full season i mean nba and nhl have gotten in what 80 90 percent of the regular season so it's a little bit i guess you know more palatable for them but it, it just seems like this this idea by itself is not going to happen i mean i think it's a great in theory, thought like to, to use as kind of a jumping off point, but nothing, I don't think nothing I've seen in the real world, like makes it seem like it's actually going to happen in a month or, you know, six weeks. I, I think overall, it'll be a wait and see approach. Mm -hmm. People are talking about some of the rest of the economy opening up by June. And 
you know, we, we don't know yet if that's going to happen, but so far, for example, artists are not canceling concerts that they're planning on holding in June. A lot of the political primaries have been rescheduled towards June. So people seem to have this conception that not all of, but at least some of the economy will open up in June. And I think if that happens, um, it'll be enough of a cause for for baseball to, to resume under, you know, those are similar conditions. Um, if baseball is the only thing that will be open by then, then, then I think it's highly unlikely. And I think so I the saw election. there was a story at ESPN.com. I, I, I grabbed a quick screenshot of some of the bullets, but uh, they were proposing if this is going to happen in Arizona that, that they would play the games with some rule changes. And the rule changes are, are pretty drastic. Um, first one would be implementing an electronic strike zone to allow the umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and the batter. Hmm. There would be no mound visits from the catcher or the pitching coach. They would do seven-inning doubleheaders with an earlier-than-expected start date to allow baseball to come closer to a full 162-game season. There would be regular use of on-field microphones by the players to be an added bonus for TV. And then lastly, the players would be sitting in the empty stands six feet apart instead of sitting in a dugout to to be socially distancing so you look at you look at what they're doing to, yeah then you look into what i mean it's it's not even baseball at that point i mean you're, you're completely changing the game because of of safety reasons and i just i i don't see i'd love to see baseball and i i still am holding out hope that we can do it you know july maybe but um I, this this contingency plan in arizona i i think uh i think is a stretch well, let me just let me just play devil's advocate for a second. Let's say they work out the kinks. There's enough testing, and by July, let's say Fourth of July, it's reasonable that they'd be able to start games. I think that if you ask most people in America, not just sports fans, if you can ensure health and player safety by having all of those measures in, you'd rather have some form of baseball than no baseball at all. And for me personally, at all of our teams, this is also fun. Mike's a Phillies fan. Ian's a Yankee fan. You're a Met fan. I'm a White Sox fan. Up in, this is the first time in 12 years I can legitimately be excited about my team being good. And I think a lot of fan bases, not just me, share that sentiment that if you're excited about this season, you're going to want to see games at some point. It'll be depressing if there's not a baseball season. So I, I think that if there is a way, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and I hear everything you guys are saying, but if there is a way to get this done in a safe way, I think you're going to see some sort of form of baseball. And the, the interesting question also is if this did happen, would you have divisions or would it just be a 30-team kind of round robin type thing where you would you would take the top eight teams at the end of the regular season for the playoffs because geography then isn't such an issue so so is that something that you think would happen Ian I mean I I think that's just a secondary issue that you could kind of I mean if you're gonna go for full craziness seven inning games you know players jumping over the stands to get to the batter's box why not just you know <laughs> put everyone in a hat and create new divisions I mean at that point it's just so out there 
Um, I think the one other thing that I heard mentioned today is like, are you going to start all the games on East Coast time for the teams that are based on the East Coast so their fans can watch it? Because yeah. then you're, you know, coming back to the weather, then you're playing in the, the heat of the afternoon. You can't even wait for the sun to go down or all the games starting at seven o'clock local time. And it's nine, 10 o'clock on the East Coast. So those are some other like, you know, <laughs> things to consider. And I, I mean, I agree, though, with what you're saying, Mike, like, I think they're going to do everything possible. I don't think they're going to cancel the season until the absolute last you know, possible day, whenever that is. And we can discuss maybe how many games we feel like actually need to be in the season to make it a, a real, you know, I guess, non-asterisk year. But uh, I think money is a big part of it. I mean, a lot of the public message is going to be around, you know, country unity and everyone wants to see baseball back. But, you know, at the end of the day, like it is a business. So and, I, you know, it's it's in some ways it's it's interesting and it's great to see them trying and and you know kind of throw out all the creative ideas and um, this can really be like you know a testing opportunity too because you know without the coronavirus you know there's been a lot of talk about you know electronic strike zone and obviously DH in both leagues things like that and mound visits are you know there's a lot of changes and this kind of could accelerate some and they'll be able to try a lot out if they are able to have a season. Yeah, and. And Mike Mandel, as a Phillies fan, if Ian and, and, and my suspicion could be right, that they, they could alter the division so that there's no divisions. If you could make a schedule where the Phillies, you could pick any team the Phillies would play the most, you know, what, what four teams would you say, would you, would you put in that division where you could just have all the rivalry games that, that you want? Would it be more NL East or would you go a different direction? Well, for, for for the sake of winning, you know, for one, I would keep the model because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there should be a pushover. But, yeah, the, uh, I would go look at other divisions for the rest of the teams. I mean, even if they're not necessarily our divisional rivals, if I'm trying to make the most ideal schedule for my team that I finally want to, you know, go back to the promised land for the first time in, what, a decade, then, yeah, I, I obviously probably want to choose some of the weaker teams to make it. So you would, you would go based on – you would just put all the bad teams in your division. So, hello, Orioles, Marlins. Yep. Tigers, Royals, Absolutely. yeah, there you go. Phillies, do. Phillies win. But don't you think if they direct. if they did something like this, they'd go like the other route is like do like I don't know the teams you don't see as often like Dodger right. Yankees and that's like, what I was. No, saying. I think that, I think they would probably stick with the. I I don't think there'd be any interleague in, uh, in this in this format. You don't think there'd be any at all. Yeah, I think you'd still have. To, I, I I don't think they'd get rid of the divisions. I I think they'd probably keep the emphasis on divisional play. And just have, you know, right, more West one, Coast, East Coast matchups. Right. right. Yeah. But let me ask you this though. In the in when you have a season, if this happens where you can get rid of divisions, to me, it would make more people watch or it would make it more interesting if you had like Yankees Mets in the same division, White Sox Cubs in the same division. Like all the all the rivalries that you wouldn't get to see happen because you're able to do that this season. I, I disagree. I think that you should at least explore putting See, teams I, that normally. I think that the, the the novelty of these games, whatever interest there will be, will come from the novelty of playing in these empty stadiums. But you have to remember. So if you're getting Yankees Dodgers in an empty uh, Arizona spring training facility, there's going to be no buzz there. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a ghost town. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna have the same feeling as 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 a as a you know, a regular game. It'll feel like a spring training game, only empty. <laughs> um, 
So I think that makes it challenging. It, Ian, Ian made a great point about the, the start times, which I hadn't even thought about. That, that's a, that's a um, serious logistical issue. But to me, when, when March Madness was canceled, and March Madness is a, is a money-making machine, when that, was, when that was turned aside, when they could have done you know, empty stadiums, they had all these other plans, when that was, when that was you know, put down, that to me indicated that anything is fair game. You know, NBA playoffs could be out. Uh, baseball season could be out. If in March Madness, that's their one event of the year. They get one month of the year. If that could be taken away, uh, not, nothing else would surprise me at this point. Mm-hmm. And Ian, going to Adam's point, and, and then we'll we'll move on to some NBA talk. But I wanted to get your opinion on this, but all of your opinions. If you were to have a situation where you didn't have fans in the stadium, and let's say you had players that sat, you know, six feet apart or whatever the the guidelines would be, do you guys think that at some point, if it was demonstrated to be safe, that you could put you know, one or two fans in each section so that at least there was some sort of noise or, you know, is there a a novel or a a different way to kind of generate that energy in the stadium or is it too big of a risk and you just, the players will make the noise basically. I mean, you could do that, but I think it's doesn't really solve anything. It's just kind of strange. I think the more realistic scenario, and maybe this is further down the line is, you know, stadiums aren't, selling out or not selling their full capacity there's some sort of either 25 percent 50 percent something like that to keep the crowd sizes smaller i could mm-hmm. see something like that happen um just one other thing i wanted to mention that i think is also going to be an issue that isn't getting talked about as much no matter what the plan is given how global this virus is you have a lot of players not in the u.s anymore you know they've gone back to wherever it is yeah. the dominican i know tanaka's in japan you know those kind of travel issues I think are going to pop up all across the board. Um, and that's, I don't think that's going to go away in the next, you know, that yeah. could even lag behind by months. That's by the way, can you, can you imagine a, a, a Lakers bucks finals where there's like 30 fans who are allowed into the game? How much do you think those <laughs> seats would go for to be right. one of the 30 fans? Who Hopefully it'll go to charity. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and uh, oh, the owners okay, have to make so... up that money they're losing. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Off. And Mike, did you have any thoughts to, to wrap that up? Or you, you agree with what, what Ian said, that it's it's forget about getting fans in the stadium. It's just going to be hard to get the international players back. And then, you know, how long do you think it's going to be before before we even see fans? I, I think it'll be not until next, probably next season even. Yeah, I'd say at least next season. This season, there really isn't much of a chance because, and to Adam's point about like having a few fans in basketball, it'd be the same thing. Like it almost wouldn't be fair, you know, to open the games up to such few fans so that it's really only the wealthiest of the wealthy who were able to attend the games, right? Like I feel like you know that, that almost it's goes no against. different than it is today, though, pretty much. <laughs> well, not entirely though. I mean, people can still get cheap seats, right? You know, for a reasonable price. Yeah, but you could do some sort of a charity raffle element where everyone has a chance, and it's kind of. I mean, I I think just one other point. I think back, and this is not the same, but what was it? The hurricane a couple years ago when the Yankees. Rays game was moved from Tampa to City Field, oh, mm-hmm. and every every seat in the stadium was twenty bucks, and I was able to sit behind home plate <laughs> for that price, which was pretty amazing. Um, and that was just like a I don't know if it was a lotto or just you know 
for the quickest fan gets the best seat kind of thing. So, I mean, there are interesting things you could think about, but I, yeah, I don't think that's anywhere near one of the top, probably 10 or 15 issues to deal yeah. with. I, I think to me, the, the fans, it, it'll be, it, it's a nice idea to have fans in the stadiums, but I, I think liability wise, um, they'll probably just restrict it to players. And in terms of fan access, I, I think you're looking at if the leagues in Phoenix, people in Phoenix are going to have access to the MLB games if if there are, you know, one or two people let in per X amount of feet. Um, you're not going to see people flying in from other places because right now with all the flight restrictions and the uh, the the dangers and health risks that are out there, it's highly unlikely people are going to fly in for a baseball game. So I I think that it'll just be players. And um, speaking of, I guess, the, the most marketable players right now seem to be the NBA players. And they have this 2K tournament on ESPN where you have the players playing against each other in a video game. This is where we're at right now that we're watching NBA players play video games against each other. But I read a report on CBSSports.com earlier today that there's a rumor that the NBA, if they're going to have a season, they want a champion by Labor Day. And and what they proposed was having it in Las Vegas. So to me, it, it seems like if you were to have a league and the championship is going to be on Labor Day, or at least by Labor Day, you have to get something going realistically in the next month or so. Because if you go major, so if you start in, let's say, mid-May, you have to finish up some sort of regular season and then go well, they into could go the, straight into the... Yeah, you the, NBA, you the, the standings, the yeah, the standings in the NBA are pretty clear-cut. The, I think the eight seeds are, are all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. I do have well, I uh, three. I have three Knicks games. I've got tickets to in in March and April. I guess I won't be getting those back, but right. So Hopefully you at least get a refund. Hopefully. So I'm pulling up the standings right now because um, it's been a little bit in the East. Yeah, it seems like the, the top eight are relatively set. You have the Wizards five and a half games back of the Magic for that eight seed. That's a compelling race. And then you have in the West. Uh, Memphis is three and a half up on Portland. So, so yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that you have your top eight teams. So if there were to be a playoff, it would be in Vegas and again, no fans, but do you think that, you know, the, the series format would be unchanged and you would just go through the playoffs or will having no fans there change the way the NBA markets these games or decides to schedule these games? First off, and, you have to uh, space the games out a little bit, right? Because you, you can't have them back to back. You'll have to prepare for one game to another. So I think you're going to have to allow more time in, in between those games. You know, I still think the formatting would probably remain intact, though, because, you know, it's hard to really do too many changes right on the fly and justify it. You know, may, maybe they try to make the first series best of five or something like that because they've done that in the past. Um, you know, overall, it probably remains the same. And I, I think. When it comes to the seeding, if I'm talking from an unbiased standpoint, you're probably right. I think you just have to keep the seeds as they are now. As a Sixers fan, I would have rather a chance to finish up and done a little bit better. But um, I think you've got to play the hand we're dealt, right? I mean, yeah, it, it, okay, it really so. comes down to timing. Um, 
you know, how, how many months do you have to play at a full postseason? The, the, the NBA, could, I think, could switch to five, best of five or even best of three. The thing about the NBA, the NBA is, is probably the one sport where you're pretty much guaranteed that the best team is going to win. It very rarely does the best team not end up winning the championship because it's such a star, star-driven league. So I think even if, you, even if you switched it from best of seven to best of five, maybe just for the early rounds, I think you're still probably going to get, you know, the Lakers out west and, you know, most likely Milwaukee in the east. All right. So let me let me do something that I am going to enjoy doing because it's been about a month since I actually had gotten to talk about teams. So I want to ask you guys this. Uh, let's say the top four seeds right now from each conference advance. I'm sorry, Mike Mandel, that would knock the six. We can't win on the road. So, you know, I, I think that point stands. Did we lose Mike? I think we might have. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. Now we can't uh, upload this to Spotify as a um, whatever rated PG. <laughs> Oops. Well, let's keep going until Mike rejoins. What do you think he was going to ask you? <laughs> well, I was actually about <laughs> oh, to bring back. up the standings to see who the top four teams were. Here, you can you can see me? Yeah. Yep. So Adam, Adam was correct. I was going to ask. So if you had Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, the semifinal matchups in the Eastern Conference would be the Bucks versus the Heat. So the Bucks went into the break, this break, 53 and 12. The Heat were 41 and 24. And the Raptors and the Celtics would be the 2-3. It would be the Celtics were 43 and 21, and the Raptors were 46 and 18. Do you think that of those two matchups, the fact that you don't have home court advantage helps a team like the Raptors because Boston, well, both Boston and Toronto are tough places to play. Um, Milwaukee is kind of tough. Miami, not as much. So which team of those four teams do you think that not having home court would benefit the most? Or is there no difference? I think the Heat, because they have a losing road record. So they would mm-hmm. clearly stand a benefit here, at least among the Eastern Conference teams. I mean, That's the Heat's, yeah, team. and they and the Heat's fans are not known to be the most passionate of the bunch, late right, arriving, I'll, things like that. I'll give you the, the home and road records. Uh, so the Heat home record was 27 and 5, and the road record was 14 and 19. And the Heat Crazy. and the Bucks had the two best home records. The Celtics and the Raptors both had 23 and 9 home records and uh, relatively even road records. But there's a huge discrepancy with the Heat. So in terms of those matchups, I mean, do you, let's say Celtics-Raptors. Who in that series, let's say it's a seven-game series in Vegas with no fans, who do you like in that matchup? And uh, Ian, you can start in our, in our projected Eastern Conference semifinal. Uh, I mean, the Raptors are projected to really fall off this year, um, and they, they haven't, which I think has been a surprise and also you know plays into the kind of team element that they have going now. I mean, I would say generally the Raptors are, are known for their home court advantage, so I think it might be tougher for them in, in kind of a neutral, no atmosphere you know, arena. I feel like the Celtics have gelled a lot more this year, uh, which I don't, you know, haven't liked seeing their success, but um, I think they'd probably be better off. And I don't know, Brad Stevens can uh, maybe talk to them about some neutral Final Four type games he, he was in, even though there were fans, you know, <laughs> he didn't have the home fans behind him. Um, That's but, a good point, though. Yeah, it would be. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know if you can. It's just so hard to say. It's, it would be, I think, so surreal, not only for obviously everyone watching, but I'm sure for the players, too. Maybe yeah. they'd be able to, you know, get over it pretty quickly once, you know, the ball's thrown in the air for the tip off. But it could also be something that they're, you know, it's just the level of play is just going to be at a, at a different level, um, not to mention the long layoff and then going straight into the playoffs. Right, that's true, and I think you need some sort of training camp. So give me a—I'll I'll run through these matchups. Each of you will get a matchup in the conference semis because there's four of them. So Ian, you'll do Boston-Toronto. If you had to pick a team in this projection, who would you pick? Boston. Oh, you would pick Boston. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so the Celtics would upset the Raptors because Brad Stevens knows how to coach on a neutral court. Exactly. Yes. Putting all my okay. money behind it. All right, and and Mike, um, heartbroken Mike, whose Sixers did not make it to the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Bucks and the Heat, and um, neither of them played the Sixers. The Sixers lost to the Celtics here. Um, so if you had to pick Giannis versus Jimmy Butler, I know you probably love Jimmy Butler. Who would you uh, Who would you take here? And the funny thing is, I actually do like Jimmy. I think he did a lot for the team. I, I think the fans gave him. A poor reception, and I'm not a fan. But but you know that that all being said, believe it or not, I'm going to take the Heat because wow. And the reason I'm going to do so is that the Bucks keep saying that they're the greatest in the league, that they're going to you know make the championship. They have so far yet to prove that they can do that. I mean, they were supposed to be a shoe in for the finals last season. They got beat by the Raptors. They just haven't proven that they can win the biggest games. They haven't. Giannis hasn't proven that. Their coach hasn't proven that. So I think the Heat are the team to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that okay. if the series was not in Vegas, I would still have to go with the Bucks because of the home court advantage. But I, th- I think Vegas helps the Heat a lot. So we have we have Heat and Celtics in one matchup, and Adam, you'll take. I'll the, take a the, bet on that, uh, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would probably. I'd give probably the Heat maybe the maybe one game. No more than two. I don't know. Ooh, careful, you know, with the layoff, you never know what can happen. Giannis might be stuck in Greece. We don't know. That's true. Well, yes. If 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 Giannis is not playing, all all, all bets are off. <laughs> Although I think I think he's still in the states. But Adam, I'll ask you this: Lakers against Jazz. So oh, LeBron That's... said LeBron said he wouldn't play without fans, and there wouldn't be fans. Didn't he amend that well, he, though? Yeah, after... he, he backtracked on that when he realized that. That was like when everything was, was still normal, right? When they were just yeah. like distancing the reporters from the locker room, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. So, yeah. So would you take Lakers or Jazz in the theoretical Western Conference semi? I would take the Lakers yeah, to win the whole good, thing. You pick. know, if, if if they are forced to play in empty gyms, which I still don't think is going to happen, I think the talent will ultimately uh, trump all because you're not dealing with home court, you're not dealing with any of that stuff. It's really about, okay, who's got the best five on the floor? And the Lakers have been... Uh, above and beyond the best team out west, um, pretty pretty comparable record-wise to Milwaukee. Um, so I think the Lakers would would beat Utah pretty handily. Okay, I I have a very important question. Sorry to cut in here, but my <laughs> my fantasy football league is currently having a snacks draft, and I have the third pick. Oreos went first. Reese's uh, not Reese's. Um, Ritz crackers went second. I think I 
I think I might have just made my pick. I'm a big Reese's fan. Do you guys have any snacks that I should consider for the third pick in this draft? Well, given the Reese's should be number one, it, it sounds like you're getting a steal at three. I know. I, I'm going to, I think, Mike and Ian. Always go for value. Yeah. See, I like Dunkaroos personally. I, I know they're not making them in the US. Dunkaroos. I love Dunkaroos. Oh, yeah. Last from the past. Yeah. All right, I'm going. I'm going Reese's three. I'm I'm thrilled about this. This is like getting Mahomes at so this, eleven. This is like this is this like is... candy and like chip type things, or is it more? Yeah, it's it's snacks. We we could do this too. I mean, we we don't necessarily have to go through fake NBA projections. Although, in the Clippers Nuggets matchup, I'll take the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi, you can't bet against Kawhi in the playoffs right now. So you're setting up a monster Lakers Clippers matchup. So we'll we'll get to that next week where we preview the the fake conference finals matchups. But I do like this idea of picking snacks. So I'll let you guys go around. I just took Reese's at three. Okay. Um, if we were to have a snacks draft right now, Mike, uh, where where would you go? Let Let's give Mike the first pick here, Mike Mandel. What would be your your top pick in a snacks draft? Hmm. So so so, so how, how, how does this work? Like how, how do I win? Oh, it just is. It's, it's purely subjective. Like if it's if what if there's one snack you could eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Yeah, let's say let's say one snack that you can eat for the rest of the quarantine. You can't eat any other snacks except for this. What do you pick? Well, I've got to go with a hometown favorite, and that's going to be the tasty cake candy cakes, the peanut butter chocolate ones. That's I mean, those things are that's delicious. Philly right there. Hell yeah. So you go sweet, you go dessert. I do. Okay, we got we got one vote for tasty cake, candy cakes. Ian, let's let's hear your snack. I mean what I snack most on is pretzels, which isn't the most exciting. Mm-hmm. Um if we're going from a candy perspective, so I think we'll do frozen... two rounds. I think I think we'll okay. each pick we'll have okay, a candy. I'll, I'll save take my a quick turn. <laughs> Okay. You can, you can uh, go back to me for my second pick. All right. So pre- Ian says pretzels, and uh, all right, Adam, you can go sweet or salty first. First pick. I'm I'm gonna go with Reese's. Oh man, you took my pick. Not not cool, Adam. <laughs> we, yeah, we, can co- we can we can co-manage the the Reese's team. Maybe yeah, you can work out a trade. <laughs> all right. So you took Reese's. All right, let me think for a second. If if I had to go sweet for a snack, I would probably pick. Does well, ice cream doesn't really count as a snack. That's more dessert. So I would probably pick Kit Kat. I think Kit Kat is my second favorite in terms of candy. Solid choice. Solid choice. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm gonna go on the salty. I'll, I'll take. The, it's a snake draft, so I'll I'll take the first pick, salty. Um, it's a it's a tough choice, but. I like if, if I could eat it and not gain weight or just not have any health consequences, I would take I mean, French fries don't count. So I, I would take I would take chips, some kind of pota- like potato chips probably would be my my snack of choice. Oh, kind of boring, but it's it's reliable. It works. So, Adam, you're you're uh, your second pick. Uh, I'm going to make my pick quickly. Give me give me any any popcorn. Ooh, nice. Any popcorn. Fresh, stale, doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> give me like a like a, a nice movie theater popcorn. <laughs> Call like it a day. Uh, okay. So my 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 sweet pick would be frozen Snickers bars. Wow, Ooh, that's it's very specific. That. Very specific. The opposite of a pretzel. Very specific <laughs> candy selection. I have one in the freezer now. 
Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Mike, you can you can round out the, the pick with your salty pick. It's got to be original goldfish. I mean, if, even when I'm sober, if I'm not paying attention, I can go through the entire <laughs> thing in one sitting. Nice. <laughs> That's original, not, not, not cheddar, just the, the plain one. Yeah, I don't like cheese, as you well know. <laughs> so I, I, I will say one snack I, I've discovered in the last couple of weeks is Cheez-Its toasted. So Ooh, it's like oh, Cheez-Its, yes. but they're a little bit darker. Interesting. Oh, really? I, once you've had toasted, you can't go back. You know what? It's, you oh, it's unbelievable. So, so there's these cheeses. That we're not sponsored by Cheez-Its yet, at least. We may once we get big enough, but... Um, Cheez-Its, if you're listening to a recording of this podcast, you'll appreciate we brought this up, our first podcast. But the snap, there's a thing, Cheez-Its snapped. I used to eat them at work a lot when I was working from my office back before coronavirus. Um, They're like thin, crispy Cheez-Its that were sour cream and onion flavored. They were so good. So that's that's a good pick all right so that that's it for the snack draft and if we had people able to call in we'd ask you what your favorite snacks are but we're not up and running yet but we hope to be interactive at some point soon um so with that i'm going to open it up to the next topic and guys would you rather talk about the nba horse competition or the fact that if we see fans at sporting events in 2020 is that going to happen for any sport or will there be no fans so what would you rather talk about i think something more optimistic okay so so not <laughs> can we not either can we can we touch on this ufc story before yeah, we move we on can. to horse i we just can. i don't know if everyone saw that i think tmz broke the news the other day the that dana island white thing. yeah dana white is like buying a private island to <laughs> turn into the UFC island. Like it, it reads as an April fool's joke, but <laughs> I guess it's not. Um, is that the kind of like thinking we're going to need in order to like bring sports back? Does it need to be that insane? I think that, I think that it, this current place that we're in, yes, there, at least in the short term, there has to be a way to quarantine everyone. And by buying a private island, that's in effect, quarantining everyone on that island and if if no one is sick then hopefully uh no one will get sick and especially in a close contact sport like ufc um listen if you have the money and the capability to buy a private island for your league i'm all for it you get live tv programming it's safe and uh the fighters get to go to hopefully a beautiful tropical island for a while why don't you just play the games on the moon or something (laughs) (laughs) So, Adam, I take it you're not enthused by the idea. No, I mean, honestly, that's probably the most practical thing I've heard. Um, the moon? It's probably, <laughs> oh, well, uh, it's probably the safest thing you can do, I guess. I mean, if you if you uh, are able to test everybody before flying them out there or you fly them all out there and then, and then um, you know, quarantine for two weeks, um, I, I mean, I guess something like, like that could work. Mm-hmm. Nice and, to have uh, a lot of money. Mike, what what are you thinking about this? Yeah, and I'll admit I'm not the uh, the most passionate UFC fan out here. So, yeah, I, I think conceptually it sounds like it's a good idea, right? Because anybody who is involved is going to be separated from the rest of the population. But but then you know how, how do you ensure like are you going to just test everybody that goes to the fight and goes to the island? Like, I mean, if we're talking about 
you know, how easy it is to spread, it, it's still going to be close quarters within the island and then within the ring, right? So we, we'd mm-hmm. have to we'd have to test everybody before yeah. going out there. Now, would you think that it would be a possibility, given they're on a private island, to reformat the octagon into like a Hunger Games style <laughs> thing where not necessarily fighting to the death, but you give them, well, not fighting to the death, but you give them more room or they could do like, fights in the jungle or like other places or you leave it in the octagon i mean if the fighters are down to try new stuff then why not right yeah but why 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 couldn't you do that like here in the states well i mean if it's a private island it's you know your quarantine there's no rules there's exactly you don't have the i mean does the vegas fight commission travel to the private island or is this out of their jurisdiction it's its own jurisdiction right whatever they want Exactly. UFC so that, Incorporated. Exactly. So, and and there's more room for ads that way. You could you could. Right. I mean, we talked it. we talked about it from a baseball perspective, but every sport. I mean, this is if they're able to return, this is the year to try stuff. So why not go crazy? Nice. So yeah, I'm. So all right, if we were to vote on this, I would. I for one would love to watch UFC on a private island as long as it could be safe. I would definitely be tuning in. And I'm not the biggest UFC fan either, Mike, but I I think it's live sports, so and it's on an island. So it's you, the only sport you know. that's on I'll watch. Absolutely. Still yeah. Some good fights. Adam, would you watch? Yeah, sure. I tune in. Reluctantly. And uh Ian Ian would be watching, it sounds like. I mean, I'd check anything out. You probably I know we didn't talk about it, but you've seen these rumors of this golf thing with uh, Brady and Manning and Yeah, Phil we can talk it. we can talk like, about that these, a little bit. All these different kinds of ideas, like they you know, if you can do it in a safe way and you know, I think golf obviously, you're probably the most spread out of any sport. You don't need as many competitors. Like this is the time to get creative and to try things. I think you know, the issue is, I don't know if we're ever going to be before there's a vaccine, a hundred percent, you know, I guess definitive that nothing bad is going to happen. So that's where you are going to have to take a little bit of a risk, but you know, if whoever participating is comfortable with it, why not? You know, I think there's yeah, a very captive audience right now. Everyone's at home. People are, are looking for content. How many, you know, I know there's Netflix and such, but there's only so many shows you can watch. People want, you know, some live entertainment. And uh, Ian, if you want to tell us more a little bit about the the golf, I I heard yeah. a little bit about it, but yeah. So originally, I think it was rumored to be kind of a rematch of of was it last year or two years ago when Phil and Tiger um, played head to head on pay per view, um, and I think it was going to be similar to that. And then the the kind of the second piece of it was that Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning were going to be involved as well um, to, I guess, do some sort of a match play duos type situation. I think they said somewhere, what, in Arizona or Vegas or something. Um, I haven't heard too much in the last few days. I think, it, again, a lot of these things, it seems, are kind of getting floated out there. I mean, they're probably kind of, you know, leaking on purpose in a sense and just trying to gauge public opinion and um, you know, again, I think a big part of it is making sure whatever you do is looked upon positively by the general public um, and not insensitive. And it is that fine line. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it, it might happen. Hopefully, if they do it, it'll be, you know, charity based and not just, uh, you know, they're putting their money on the line to take it from each other. Um, and if it's on pay-per-view, hopefully it's going to charity. But 
we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I I'm I'm willing to check out whatever's on. So. All right. Yeah, I I agree. I I would watch that. Mike and Adam, do you have interest in uh in that golf uh tournament or scenario where you just have two celebrities or just elite go- the elite golfers? I would definitely watch the celebrities too. Um, but do you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 two star quarterbacks really is is where the appeal is at. But yeah, I I I agree with what Ian said. I think this is an opportunity for all these leagues and organizations to get creative, um, try new things. So uh, I think people are anxiously waiting at home for some kind of new content to consume. And uh, yeah, I, I would be open to that. All right. So speaking of new content, I want to talk about the NBA horse competition for one minute. And instead of just the active players, what I want to do is take the best bench player that you can think of at three point shooting and and who would win of any bench player in the league right now if you could take a bench three-point shooter give me two guys you would take to win wait this this is this is way too in depth (laughs) all right way too in depth see this is what happens when you're i'm a knicks fan so all right one one, in the last 10 years i'm not i got my one i give you one yeah go ahead lou williams he's good he's good He's, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he should he would be a starter on most teams. Nice. All right, so we have one vote. Because taking one guy, I think, is too easy. It just is like, okay, Steph Curry when he's not hurt yeah. or, you know, who I, like the, the about, stars are easy we, to pick. How about we think about it this way? From all of our favorite teams, okay. who would Take prefer one guy. to be I like that better. a horse player? Okay, that's a better question. Forget my question. So, Adam, you can revise Unless, is Lou Williams a, a Clipper still? He is, yep. All right, so Adam has Lou Williams. Uh, Mike, well, you can go. <laughs> wait, it's got to be a bench player? <laughs> no, it's now one player from any team. Uh, well, oh, okay. am I going to take Lou Williams over Paul George or Kawhi Leonard? I don't know. Are, are, are you? Can we make in it a bench player in still? A, in a three, you know what? In a three-point shootout, um, I'll, I'll stick with Lou. I'll stick okay. with Lou. One vote for Lou. Mike Mandel. Uh, the You're best next. three-point shooter on our team is Furkan Korkmaz, without a doubt. So nobody knows except for us. It's not only three-point, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be three-point. No, it's horse. Well, I think the way I phrased the question was three-point shooter. But yeah. we can we can go best three-point shooter and then best horse. How about okay. that? So so Korkmaz for Mike. Ian, who would you take as the best three-point shooter? I mean, shooter? I kind of set myself up for failure by putting this back to our favorite teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I mean, the Knicks are a mess as usual. I, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to take the loss. You're passing on your own question. Why don't you take one of the uh, halftime entertainers, the guys who take? Uh, I think I went to a game this year where a guy had a half court shot. They had a half court shot. They yeah. probably stand a better chance. I mean, and I believe know, the grand I, prize they got him—they gave him like a thousand dollars in lottery tickets and scratch-offs, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so, so Ian, Ian um, takes I mean, I'll that. take, I'll take, I'll take Frank Nikita. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe okay. he figured things out. All right, that's good. See, in a normal year, I would take Lowry Markinen, but he was bad this year. Not that any of them are that great on the Bulls, but I think I would take Zach Levine in a, a three-point contest because he was he was pretty good from three this year. Um, so, okay. So in a horse competition, though, 
from your favorite team, who would you take it? If let's say there were a million dollars on the line, you could pick one player from your team. Dunks are allowed. Who would you take? And uh, Ian, I'll start with you. I was thinking of Mitchell Robinson. Uh, (laughs) I think he finished with the best like two point field goal percentage this like in history. Mm-hmm. Someone can check me on that, but um, so he's just gonna take a lot of close shots and, <laughs> and his opponent sense. misses them because he's got no range. But he's a glimmer of hope on the Knicks. The New York Knicks, ladies and gentlemen. The Knicks will be first to lose no matter what contest this is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike. Who is even, you the, even if it's the draft lottery, they'll lose that right. as well. <laughs> So I'd have to go with Toby Harris. I still think he's underperforming what we're paying him, but overall he, he is the best all-around shooter on the team. I can't really deny that, so it's got to be him. Tobias Harris. Okay. Yeah. Adam, I think there's two players you're considering. Uh, for a horse competition with dunks included, give me Paul George. Okay. Not Kawhi. Not, not Kawhi. No. Paul George. Okay. I'd have to take Levine if dunks are included, too. Because um, he was the the best shooter in terms of uh, three point shooting, and also he's a great dunker. So Zach Levine would be my entry from the Bulls. So um, that's we, those are your. I saw he lost in a two K tournament in the first round. I know that was disappointing. I actually felt sad about that. Is that sad of me to feel sad, or <laughs> is that expected when you have nothing else on? Well, you've got to be used to the losing right now uh, with the yeah. Bulls, right? Ouch. Yeah, a little, little bit. But John Paxson may be fired, which is the greatest news in the last 10 years for a Bulls fan to hear. So I'm in a very happy place right now as long as John Paxson is no longer the president of basketball operations or has any player input. So that's that's my local uh, tidbit for the day. Big news. Didn't, um, they do, didn't they do a horse competition a few years ago and it wasn't that exciting? Well, there were other games on at that point. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's happen. better in in theory than it is in actual, you know, practice. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll see if it actually happens. Yeah. So uh, already hard to believe we're at we're at around an hour. Uh, so back in the day, back on WBRS one hundred point one <laughs> FM, Waltham, sponsored by Cappy's Pizza, uh, and the Justice, uh, we would do final thoughts and. Um, I'll go around. I'll I'll do my final thought last. Um, Mike Mandel, you can lead us off with your final thought. It can be anything. You get a minute, and uh, you can start whenever you're ready. So anything you want to say, you can say. All right. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on. I know this is the first one of these I've ever done, so I appreciate being able to join the experts. Um, the one thing we haven't Listen, really talked this about... is the first podcast I've ever done, too, so... We're all we're all on equal footing here. If it makes it to podcast format, right? <laughs> In question, we don't get canceled on the pilot. <laughs> but I know one thing Sorry, we didn't really ahead. touch on was football, and you know, I, mm-hmm. maybe this sounds overly optimistic. I think that's the sport that's going to bring us back together. For for one, I you know, if I had to guess, I would say that that's the sport that we're going to, you know, see first being played regularly. And you know, I, I don't know that they'll open it up to fans, but. I think everyone on here knows full well that, you know, football fans, you know, whether it's safe or not, they're going to find a way to make it to these games, right? People aren't going to just skip football, you know, they'll take whatever precautions they think they need to take. But, you you know, I don't remember remember the last time an Eagles game hasn't sold out, for example. So 
I'm looking forward to the football season. I think that, that that's when we'll finally be back to, you know, normal sports is, is when we get the 2020 football. Mm-hmm. Okay. So football, you think, well, we got the draft coming up too. So that's something we can touch on in next week's episode if we're not canceled. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good final thought. So football, I think everyone will be ready for football in September, hopefully. So, uh, Adam, we'll go to you. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Uh, my final thought would be a quick shout out to my former colleagues at Stratomatic. Uh, they are at the forefront per usual, uh, simulating every game of the MLB season uh, until the games resume. So I've been following that along, which has been fun. The Mets are 2-8, and eight, so pretty much right on par with uh, how they normally start the seasons. But uh, happy to see them getting some great publicity. And for those who are looking for you know, an outlet to check box scores every day, um, Stratomatic does that at, at 2 o'clock every day. Um, so that's been a lot of fun to follow. Okay, so check those box scores. 2 o'clock Eastern, right, Adam? Yes, everything nice. is Eastern. Yes, of course. So 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, 12 o'clock Mountain, 11 o'clock Pacific for the whole right. country. Uh, sorry, Alaska and Hawaii. Um, but yeah, I've I've been following the you know the box scores when they're posted a little bit. White Sox not doing too hot, but it's a lot of fun to see <laughs> at least some semblance yep. of baseball. It's very realistic, I will say. Uh, bias aside, it's it's really an unbelievable engine that they have. Um, it's really the, the the best in class. Nice. All right. So shout out to Stratomatic Ian. Go ahead. What's your final thought? First of all, echo what Mike said. It's good to get back together and, and chat, uh, whether it's, you know, radio, podcast. It's, uh, again, I think we waited too long, but I think we, you know, we're, uh, we got it all down now and uh, looking forward to continue this. And uh, building off what Adam said, my uh, former client, which I know you touched on earlier, 2K, I think is doing some interesting work um, with their 2K players tournament i think it's a, a great opportunity for them and for the players to kind of get the exposure and obviously espn working with them needing the content so while personally i haven't been too into watching those you know virtual cool. games it's kind of surreal to see you know sports center leading with highlights yeah. of, of virtual nba games and in some ways it's depressing but it's also you know i think that creativity that we've been talking about on the show is um you know i think there's a lot more opportunities for leagues and, and players to really showcase that creativity and also their personalities, you know, through social media and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my final thought is just optimistically. I know we kind of started saying mid-May is probably not going to happen for baseball, but, you know, I do think baseball is going to return this year. I think it's whether it's, you know, 80 games, 60 games, I think at some point um, it'll, it'll happen. And, uh, I think we, you know, we all have that to look forward to. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll know when that date is, you know, probably for a, a little while, but, um, I think we can hold out hope that baseball will be back. So, uh, hopefully that's the case and we can all see our four teams excel as they're expected to with hopefully, uh, Yankees and I don't know who in the world series, one of your NL teams, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, I think we'll, no matter if that game's in what, Dodger Stadium, Chase Field, 
the middle of nowhere, I think we'll we'll take it at this point. So um, yeah, just, Dana, uh, Dana White's private island. There you go. Yeah, Dana White converted Listen, Dana from White's a UFC octagon to a baseball field. Why not? Exactly. I, would, I would. I would be up for that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. So so, so it, it is a crazy year, but you know what? Let's let's hope the you know the second half of the year will be better than the first half. Yeah, I'm I'm with Ian except for the Yankees there. Uh, hopefully, I mean the White Sox likely aren't going to win this year, but uh, I I want to say my my final thought. Uh, my favorite team is the White Sox, as you guys probably know. And this week, um, a voice that I listened to for many years, my whole life basically as a White Sox fan, passed away um, not from coronavirus but from other health problems. Um, Ed Farmer, who pitched for the White Sox, grew up on the south side of Chicago and then spent 30 years, almost 30 years as a a broadcaster. He called the best times the 2005 World Series, which did happen, and also some of the leaner times in the rebuild, but got to see the young, exciting players at least come up last year. But every summer for my whole life, I would listen to him on the radio and... um, he had a very unique play-by-play style, kind of uh, monotone a little bit, but at the same time was very insightful, and I will miss listening to him, and it won't be the same uh, to not hear his voice on a summer night on the radio when we do have baseball. So Ed Farmer was an amazing person. He was really nice. Um, I actually did meet him, and he couldn't have been nicer, and when you talked to him, you, you felt like you knew him for a long time, not just you know, you were a fan meeting him. So uh, he was an organ donor, a big advocate for organ transplant, and um, he'll he'll be very missed by by White Sox fans and I think everyone that knew him. So, uh, yeah, so shout out to Ed Farmer. And I also wanted to say thank you to, to the three of you guys. Um, I've also been wanting to come back in some form, do a talk show for a long time. So hopefully this is the first of many and we can have some interaction in the future figure out how to get that up and running and if anyone does listen to this recording thank you for listening we are looking forward to bringing you many many more podcasts if we're not canceled which we're in control of this so we breaking news probably will not be canceled um so we'll look forward to talking to you again soon and um also shout out to all the first responders and doctors and nurses and everyone who's a hero during this crisis, we're all going to get through it. And um, it was a pleasure speaking. And uh, yeah, we will we will come to you next week with another edition of CoronaCast. So uh, a Pesach podcast. Pesach podcast. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we're changing the name next week to the Pesach podcast Passover for those of you who uh, don't speak Hebrew. So with that, I'm the Wild Thing, Mike Weil for Ian Pickles, Gus, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Mandel and the kosher cowboy adam rosen we will talk to you soon stay safe